0: ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 proudly present The Killer Bees.
1: Definitely a fan of The Killer Bees. Don't sweat the technique.
0: Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here comes the fastest three hours in Houston Sports Radio. Here's Joe Blank and Jeremy Branham. Oh, hell yeah. You about to get all stung up.
2: Ooh, what up, H Town? Hey, how we doing? He's blank, I'm Branham, it's Joe George behind the glass, and it's a getaway edition of the Killer Bees on this Friday afternoon. Uh, it is also Houston Texans playoff weekend, huh? huh? How about that? They have a playoff game tomorrow. It is a sellout, officially a sellout. They announced that yesterday. Uh, That's good to hear. That's great to hear. That's outstanding. Uh, Astros did a lot of arbitration stuff, and people in this city like to overreact to arbitration stuff. Uh, We'll get to that. I don't know if you've noticed Hannah and uh, Cal McNair have been doing this little media rounds thing, Mm -hmm. some positive PR. Can't imagine why they would do that this week. Have Mm -hmm. no idea why they would do that this week, other than there's a lawsuit and there's an envelope that they're trying to keep sealed. Uh, We'll fear factor a bunch of the, uh, the Browns players as well. But, look. Texans-Browns tomorrow. Biggest NFL game in this city in four years, Blankers. What's the number one reason why the Texans win? The number one reason why the Texans lose? Everybody can play along. 713-780-ESPN. HRMP listener line, 713-780-3776. Let's start with the reason the Texans win, Blankers. If they win, what's the number one reason why? See,
3: I think the easy answer is, you know, C.J. Stroud. I think the answer that I was leaning more towards is they put pressure on Joe Flacco. If they can put Joe pressure on Joe Flacco, I think every that they, everything changes because you get you know a majority of your defensive guys that missed the last time they played back. You get a defense that looked like it was it could be pretty stout up the middle in terms of stopping the run. But if he can't air out that that cannon and and, and Cooper can't do what he did the last time. And you put pressure on him to where he's not the most agile guy in the world anyway. But if you can put pressure on the edges, I think it changes absolutely everything. And, and I have enough confidence that the Texans are going to be able to put some points on the board. So I'll say that they, if they can put pressure on Joe Flacco, that that is the biggest key to victory for them.
2: I would give you grief because you said a couple there, but I also have a couple. Okay. So it's, right. more, it's more like a 1A and a 1B. To me, it's stopping Amari Cooper. Like, I... I don't necessarily believe in Joe Flacco. Like, I know that Joe Flacco's had this, you know, flurry of a finish mm-hmm. uh, to this regular season. He's still Joe Flacco. Like He's still Joe Flacco. He's still the guy that was on his couch six weeks ago. He's still the guy that was unemployed the entire season. And he's had stops along the way since he left Baltimore where he was a backup. He's had stops along the way where he started football games and they didn't win football games and he wasn't that good because if he was that good, he wouldn't be chilling on his couch up until about six weeks ago. So my fear isn't so much Flacco. Mine's more Amari Cooper. Like Amari Cooper roasted you uh, whenever you play. On Christmas Eve, like yeah, Joe Flacco was the one making the throws. I think there's 40 quarterbacks in the world that could have made the throws that that allowed Amari Cooper uh, to go nuts, to go nuts against the Texans secondary. Our ours are ours kind of hand in hand because I think that
3: you limit what he can do to, to Cooper if you're in his face a lot, if you get pressure. But you're absolutely, I mean, look, we knew. They got absolutely dusted, and they said it. He set a team wreck all time record for for yards and, and receptions. That that was the major problem, other than the fact that they had so many guys out, and Case was at quarterback.
2: Sure, yeah, I mean, absolutely. But it's not the it's not Flacco that, that I fear. So, like, the pressure, I like, I don't need to sit in six guys to Joe Flacco. Be sound in coverage. Be good in coverage. And you're getting, you know, John Grenard off a of grade one ankle sprain back. Uh, Will Anderson should be a, a week further along in his high ankle sprain. And we've progressively seen him play more snaps. Now, what's really encouraging about Will Anderson is even though he wasn't playing at a ton of snaps the last two weeks, he was still uber productive. So it's like, oh, 12 snaps against Tennessee. He had two sacks. That's a really good ratio. Uh, not sustainable, because no one can sustain that, but a really good ratio. Was a game wrecker against the Colts. Played less than 50% of the snaps. So even though he wasn't 100%, he was 100% when he played, if that makes any sense. He just didn't play a lot of snaps because they were keeping him on a lot of pitch count. Uh, same thing with Grenard. Your two defensive tackles are expected to play in Collins and Rankins. So Give me pressure with four. Like, I don't think you need to set yeah, right. extra guys consistently at Joe Flacco. To me, it's being sound in coverage. Because let's, let's not forget that that's the game that Jalen Petrie got benched. Jalen Petrie got benched in that game because he had a bunch of MAs and was screwing up. He was allowing explosive plays. He was allowing deep shots. That cannot happen. Have to be sound in secondary. And there's a secondary point I want to get to in a second. But that, that to me, is where it starts. No MAs. Hold Amari Cooper in check.
3: And I think that that's part of the, my reasonable reason in thinking, too. Right. I'm not sending extras, but I'm saying if you can put pressure on Joe Flacco, what beats you more than anything else? The deep, deep ball. He got beat with multiple deep shots. He had plenty of time to sit back there, and then he just unleashed, and, and, and Cooper was running under it. And Yeah, their secondary had issues, but if he doesn't have the time to really load up and throw the deep ball, then that's a huge advantage for the Texans. Because I really do. I think if they're healthy uh, on the front seven, if you're healthy on your defensive line, I think with those guys with Rankins and Collins in the middle, and if Grenard and, and, and Will Anderson are healthy enough to at least hold the edge and put, and put some pressure on him, I think it's a totally different ball game just from the standpoint, regardless of what you do offensively, it's a totally different ball game in terms of Cleveland not having their way with you.
2: And I, I, mean, you're right. Those things work hand in hand. So, like, if you can provide or generate pressure with four less time to throw, less opportunity at MAs because you're covering less, uh, those, those those things absolutely work hand in hand. I'm not scared of. Uh, I'm not scared so much of uh, the Browns offensively if you can do that. If you can do that, I feel pretty good about the Texans defense. Now, it's a, it's a massive if, and the one proof that we have, the Texans got you know exposed uh, in that game. So I also think that's kind of good that they got exposed in that game, because it's like, okay, they they showed a lot of the Texans' warts, and now whenever you get exposed and those warts are shown, you fix them. You fix them. So, like, that's kind of the silver lining of that Christmas Eve uh, uh, defeat at the hands of the Browns. I'm also, like, I don't expect the Texans' offense to go crazy. Like, I'm not stupid. The Browns' defense is unbelievable. The Browns' defense, number one in the NFL and like, the traditional stats. They're number two in DVOA. We saw what they did to the Texans. We went through the list of quarterbacks that they've absolutely embarrassed throughout the year. This isn't a 380-yard C.J. Stroud performance, and it is. And if it is, it's like, oh, my goodness, what do we have on our hands? But I think they can do enough if they're good enough defensively. Like, I expect the Texans to score 20, 24 points. Mm-hmm. I think that should be good enough to win. It, it should be.
3: I, I agree with you. And look, I don't think Flacco scares me
2: either if you have
3: at least a, a, an average defense, right? A bit, little better than average defense. But I, I think the the la- the time that the last time these two teams played, you didn't have that. And and you basically were vulnerable anyway with injuries, and then you just got torched on the secondary, and, and then all hell broke loose. And, and I think that if they're healthy, they're a better than average se- uh, defense totally, but I think that it changes everything. And we obviously know offensively it changes everything having C.J. At, at, at quarterback. But I think that C.J. at quarterback and having more than just uh, one receiver and one tight end to throw to, uh, assuming that Brown and or Woods and if both of them are back, that that's a, a huge advantage for C.J. I think they should, they should. And again, Cleveland gives up more points on the road. All season long, they've been giving up 20-plus. I think twenty-one to twenty-four is is very reasonable for the Texans against uh, the Browns in this game.
2: No, that wasn't the case in RG. But to your point, that was a uh, that was a Houston Texans like skeleton crew. Like they didn't have uh, CJ Stroud. Really, didn't there? Like that's it. Like they didn't have CJ Stroud. Uh, so you can, it's a totally different team. Uh, Joe, what do you think? What's the one reason if the Texans win? We're going there first because we're we're always optimistic on this show. Killer bees are nothing if not optimistic. Uh, where are you at with that, uh, Joe Judge?
1: Uh, for the first time this season, they successfully convert in the red zone on a consistent basis. Not not field goals, touchdowns. It, it's it's been their number one flaw all year. Like whether it's third and ones, fourth and ones, just short yardage in the red zone, they've been stalling out a lot. And, and especially since Tank, you know, got hurt, it's gotten even worse. But thanks you're, for reminding me. You're not. I'm sorry. You're not going to win playoff games if you're kicking field goals. And maybe the Browns' offense will help you with that and prove me wrong. But they have to do something that they haven't done all season, I think, to win this game for sure. Which is a lot to ask.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's a. I'm with you. Like, you gotta, you gotta finish in the red zone. That's, uh, I think, critical in the postseason. Like, you can't. We talk a lot about scoring conversion rate. Like, if you, if you score 50 percent of your drives, you're leading the NFL. Like, 50 percent's usually amongst the leaders, if not the leader, uh, in the NFL when you score that often. But. You get in the end zone, it's double. So it doesn't take a math major, did that first semester, to figure out that that is something that's critically important. From an offensive standpoint, because I think it does all start from the defense. From the offensive standpoint, it's like... Protect C.J. Stroud. Like, protect C.J. Stroud, keep him upright. That's a really good rush that Cleveland has. Uh, Case Keenum, like, bless bless his heart. He didn't have a chance against Cleveland the first time around. He had pressure in his face when he was trying to scramble. He couldn't scramble. They were all over him. So, the offensive line has to play well. Very interested to see who plays right tackle, either Charlie Heck or Fant. Mm -hmm. And then secondly... What like, what is Sloick scheme up? Do you do you have the tight end on the extra side with the right tackle? Because maybe they line Miles Garrett up there so they avoid Laramie Tunsil. What are you doing with the running back when you're throwing the football? So not only is it an offensive line thing, whatever you're protecting, C.J. Stroud, it's the tight end, it's the it's Fullback. Beck, it's yeah. our, it's Darre, who's your third down running back because he's good in pass protection. It's C.J. Stroud getting rid of the football quickly. So from an offensive standpoint, they win if they make sure Stroud's sacked like two or fewer times.
3: See, I, I think I'd go hand-in-hand. Hand. I was torn between the two. You obviously have to keep C.J. upright for a lot of reasons that you said also the fact that you, he can't be taking any shots to the dome piece. But I think the other thing, too, is you got to get more than 60 yards on the ground. you got to be able to run the football because if they know you can't run it and they don't have to do anything special to try and stop the run, their secondary is really good, and they are just going to pin their ears back, and then you aren't going to be able to keep C.J. Uh, upright because they're too good and they've shown it all year and their pass rush can be pretty violent that if they know that they don't have to worry about the run game, they are going to be all over the backfield in C.J. Stroud.
2: And to that point, to piggyback off that, I don't think it needs to be like a 100-yard performance. Like, I think it just needs to be they respect it. Like, they, like have three and a half to four yards per carry. You know what I mean? Like I don't think it needs to be this like, otherworldly performance on the ground. I think it just has to keep Cleveland honest. I think, it has to put them on their heels. They have to have that hesitation.
3: And I think the other thing, Jeremy, is you got to establish it early. Because if you establish it early, it can be just the thought of it can be all carryover for the entire game. But if they start stopping you early on the run, then you're really going to be screwed. Because whether you're playing from behind or not, then they know. Then they absolutely know they can. not But if you get early in the first quarter a, or, you know, sometime in the first quarter, you get a couple of chunk plays off the run. You get some guys that are getting four or five, five yards of carry. Then you realize they got to respect it, to your point. But if they start plugging it up early and, then they, and you start looking like you're not going to go to it, now, now, now you're playing
2: right into their hands. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. What's the number one reason why the Texans win tomorrow? Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Also, we get into the number one reason why they lose uh, to the Browns a- as well. We're on the Twitch. Half of us are Twitch slash ESPN ninety seven five. He's at Pacman Joel on Twitter. I- I'm at Jeremy Branham, Joe's at Joe George Radio. It's The Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Guys, we
3: already know it's the new year. You know, there's a, hot, a lot of fun and a lot of sports right now at this time of the year, and that is awesome. And if you want to make some of those games even more interesting, I always encourage you to go to MyBookie.ag. MyBookie.ag, the place to be if you want to put some money on a game. You know your money's going to be safe and secure. you got a chance to get all this extra cash and bonuses because you listen to us and you tell them. And you know that if you win, they're going to pay. If you want your money, you can take it out because they've been in business for over a decade. It's awesome. But you always got to remember our promo code, and that is the promo code that gets you places. It's BET975. So essentially what you need to do, whether you're an existing customer and you're reloading your account or you're signing up for the first time, go to mybookie.ag, use our promo code BET975, and then everything from 50 bucks to 1000 bucks will be doubled instantly. And you get more money in your account. You put 50 in, you got 100 in your account. You put uh, 500 in, you got 1,000 in your account. It's absolutely fantastic because they want you to have every ample opportunity to play And to win and that's what makes it awesome with you listening to us and you using them and we know it's all the games it's in-game betting it's all the different spreads it's nfl nba college basketball nhl golf soccer you name it they got it you can even make your pick now for who's going to win the big game in february but always remember that that promo code because it's going to get you that extra cash and even when there's not games going on live dealers standing by blackjack roulette casino games all delivered to you with mybookie.ag. Start the fun right now. Go to mybookie.ag. Use that promo code, BET975. Do what I always tell you to do. BET anything, anytime, anywhere. With the only place I tell you to do it, it's mybookie.ag. Promo code, BET975.
0: Broadcasting live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, deep inside the secret bee cave, it's Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. All
2: right, he's Blank on Branham. One reason why the Texans win tomorrow, one reason why they lose, 713-780-ESPN, HRMP listener line, 713-780-3776. Let's go out there now for Robbie. Robbie, you're in the hive of the bees. What's going on? Hey, how y'all doing today? What's up, Robbie? My concern is with the offensive line. If the offensive line is healthy and plays good, then I see it being kind of easy, mm. but if... The offensive line is playing bad. I see it being really difficult. So okay. I'm going to hang up and listen to what y'all got to
3: say. Thanks, Robbie. I mean, look, that's that's pretty self-explanatory because everything is connected to the offensive line. If, if I want them to be able to run the football, the offensive line has got to do their job. If we want CJ to be protected and stay upright, offensive line has got to do their job. We know it's been a problem all year just in terms of health uh, and then the kind of interchangeable pieces that kept having to be used. But I, 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 obviously, it goes without saying, if, if the line doesn't play well, the Texans don't – I don't think they have a chance to win.
2: Yeah, I think it's highlighted this week, though, because they have the the best defense in the NFL. Mm-hmm. They have a pass rush that can really get to you. They have Miles Garrett, who's probably going to win the defensive player of the year. So I think it is magnified this week, to, to Robbie's point. I wouldn't say that if they play well, that it's easy. I, I don't think it's going right. to be an easy game, even if you play your very, very best. I think it's going to be a dogfight, and if you get out with a win – uh, you'll be you'll be extremely fortunate. Now, if you if the offensive line plays poor, you're toast. Like it's it's over. It's curtains. You got to play well to have a chance on the offensive line. But I would go beyond that. Like it's not just those five. You, you need help from your tight ends. You need help from Beck. You need your help from your running back if he's not uh, running a route. So it's all of those things. Uh, it's pass protection. As an entire blanket statement, and then on top of that, it's also Stroud. Like Stroud can't hold on to the ball, which I haven't seen him do that really since he's come back from the concussion. Uh, so I, I would uh, I, I feel pretty good about that from that aspect. I saw a quote from uh, from '78 a little bit earlier, DJB Anime, who covers the uh, the Texans for ESPN ESPN.com. Friend of the station, does a great job. He had a uh, quote from Tunsil because the All Pro teams came out today. Uh, dang it, '78. Uh, 78 um the all pro teams came out today the, the texans didn't have any which i think 78 has a case i think stingley has a case i think cam johnston has a case i think john weeks should have been all team for uh, all pro first team um and this was the ap one which is the one that is like more renowned it's more like used for the accolades than the player one the player vote uh 78 said, I'm one of the best tackles in the game, and every time I get done playing an opponent, they tell me that. It's time for people to notice that it's time for me to get my kudos. I'm getting from my peers, but I need to get it from other places. I need my flowers and my respect. I hate that quote. Yeah. I hate it. I absolutely hate it.
3: That's a me, me, me all over. That's the place.
2: that's all I can see. Like it's it's what you're saying is like is so loud. I don't even know what I'm saying. I don't know that old quote. It's like old quote that whatever you're saying is so loud that I can't see what you are. or Something like that. You you know my like what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But every single t- every single like sentence there, all I hear is me, me, me. And I understand he was asked about all pro. Like he, he was asked a question about being an all pro, and that was his answer about being the all pro hey, I don't care about individual success. All I'm doing is trying to get uh, a victory for my team. No. It's like I need the attention. I need the flowers. I need the accolades. I hated whenever I read that.
3: I think the easy – you're right, Jeremy, and the way that a, a, that a, a pro's pro player would handle that is, is the fact that some of what he said you could still use, but you, you position it in such a way that, hey, I can't place the votes for people. I only know that my peers, when I get done playing them, tell me – how they how how well they think I played and where they think I stand. All I can do is go out and do my job every week and at the end of the week hope that people start noticing that I'm doing it at a pretty high level.
2: Yeah, that, I didn't I didn't like reading that, but whatever. Uh, Nine zero seven five Texans win if they can expose uh, Delpit's uh, lack of being able to make tackles. Grant Delpit, their safety. Now, cool. That's that's cool in theory, but that means you got to get to the third level. Like, what are playing. It, is he not playing? No. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so yeah, that's going to be difficult. So, so shoe might, well, might be
3: on the other foot because as many injuries as the Texans had the first matchup on Christmas Eve, it looks like their secondary is going to take some hits. Ward's hurt. He may or may not play, but he's been dinged up. And, and so you take him and Delpit out of the equation. It, it, it's obviously not completely like a, wa- a wash because they still have good players, but that's a huge advantage for the Texans.
2: Yeah, I think Ward is going to play though, because the way that it was, uh, I can't remember. I think it was either Rappaport or one of the guys from NFL Network. They said that he, they, they, he's going to be okay. So I took that as he's going to play. Uh, if he's but, playing
3: and he's limited, it's still a bonus for the Texans.
2: Sure, I, I, we don't know the, you know the severity of the injury. But it is his shoulder, so like he's still going to be able to move pretty good. Mm-hmm. But it might be difficult for him to tackle, like Nico Collins. Uh, how about Denzel Ward with a bum shoulder that has trouble making a stop trying to tackle, a tackle yards after catch Nico Collins?
3: He four, uh, like, when, I read something there; he was like fourth best in the league as a receiver in yards after catch. I believe it. I, I would, too, because you just look at recently in the last month or so, the way he's broke multiple tackles and gotten you know five, six, seven extra yards.
2: Yeah, I, I I he's great after the catch, I think. He's he runs angry. Uh one eight eight four win Stingley lose Cooper. Which okay, yeah, that's a that's a matchup within the matchup. But the problem is that D'Amico Ryans, for the exception of one series when Steven Nelson was hurt, has not used Derek Stingley on the right side of the defense. Yep. He stays on the left side. He has never shadowed with the exception of one series against the Cleveland Browns when Steven Nelson was hurt. Steven Nelson came back into the game. They went right back to their Stingling on the left side of the defensive alignment. Steven Nelson on the right side of the defensive alignment. He was asked about it after the game. D'Amico Ryans was, and D'Amico said, that's not who we are. I don't see him changing, as much as I would love him to. I would love, I absolutely would. I believe in that in theory. I don't think D'Amico will. Yeah, uh, until we see
3: it differently, we don't know what they're planning to do this week. It'd be a hell of a wrinkle to throw at them, and it would make perfect sense based on what we've seen. But I'm with you. I don't think he's going to change. I mean, D- D'Amico knows his defense. He's, he, you know, he he has a certain philosophy in the way he wants his defense to play and where he wants them to play. And I and I also think that you know he believes in Stevie Nelson and we know that Stevie Nelson is capable of playing at a high level uh, i just i don't think they're going to change i think it's more going to be schematically in terms of just paying a little extra attention and getting extra help from time to time on cooper and make someone else beat you but it's i, I think i personally w- would love to see you know, Stingley blanketing Cooper all over the field and and then daring someone to beat you, but I think they'll find other ways to do that without moving Stingley.
2: Yeah, the Texans play more zone than man, which is probably part of the process for D'Amico. You can still play zone if you flip the corners. Uh three eight seven eight, that's what 78 is about. He's pretty quiet when he leads offensive line on being off sides, leads offensive line in penalties. He's not an all-pro. He also doesn't help his quarterbacks get up, usually the only one that does not Uh seven five five seven, Texans win because 78 keeps Miles Garrett in check. T- 78 has good numbers against Miles Garrett in their history. I don't think that Miles Garrett's going to line up on that side of the offensive line um, more than 40% of the time. I I think he's going to move back and forth, but I would guess, would be my prediction, that Garrett's lined up on the right side of the Texans' offensive line more than half the snaps he plays.
3: I mean, wouldn't you, when Uh, you look at the alternative and and know that Hector Fant, whoever you put over on the other side, you don't think like an all-world defensive end isn't just salivating going, let me see, I could go up against Tunsell, who's, at, you know, at worst, top five, one of the top five tackles in the league, or I could go against one of these guys and, and, and have my way uh, and get home probably a lot easier. Yeah, I could see that happening.
2: Now the Texans know that as well, so you're probably looking at playing some tight end help over there. Or maybe Chips. you have an extra tight end depending yeah. on the personnel. Maybe you play some two tight end sets. Maybe you have the running back chip them on the way out of the uh, backfield. So I mean that's going to be something to to monitor. It'll be a fun game within the game as well.
1: Uh, uh, Next Gen uh, Stats actually tweeted something about this the other day. Uh, Miles Garrett aligned to the left edge on a majority of the snaps for the only time in a game this season in week 16 against the Texans to avoid Larry Tunsil. There you go. Garrett instead primarily went against right tackle Charlie Heck, generating only four pressures in 17 matchups.
2: Okay. So that's I mean that's is that not a lot? Like they say that like it's not a lot. That's about 25% of this. It's snaps. 23%, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that seems like a decent amount, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I would say 23% is a lot more than you'd like, but it's now, also better
2: than I think Charlie Heck would do. Yeah, but also think about Heck, it. Uh, Heck had help. Like, Heck, Heck had the help that we're talking about. He had tight ends on that side, might have had double tight ends on that side, had running back protection on that side, had Beck protecting on that side. He had help. Uh, I'm intrigued if they go with Heck tomorrow. Like we we've been hearing reports that the the starting offensive line that they've been showing has Fan at right tackle and not Heck. So that's his first play from scrimmage who's playing right tackle. Like that's that's what I'm looking for whenever they come from the sidelines and step on the field who is the right tackle because that guy is probably going to get a healthy dose of Miles Garrett. Yeah, no doubt
3: about it. I mean, you look at it too and say, well, Heck played him before. You, is that an advantage or a disadvantage if they're playing again? You, you don't think that Miles Garrett is mean, learned- an advantage. Uh, I, I the think it's advantage for the Texans. Yeah, I do. I think he knows what Miles Garrett can do. I think Miles Garrett also now knows exactly how he's going to try and defend him and, and probably is going to try and do some things differently, too. But it's like when we talk about if you're playing a team you know, two games in a row or back-to-back uh, in terms of... Which does, I think is a myth. Yeah, does, does it doesn't help or hurt. I think both guys learned something along the way. But at the end of the day, look, just based on merits, Miles Garrett's one of the best pass rushers, if not the best pass rusher in this league. And you're not putting your A-team out there against him, so you're going to probably have to get use help to try and stop him.
2: Total Arlington says Texans need uh, touchdowns, not field goals. Thank you for that, Total Arlington. That's the analysis that you would get from someone up in the Metroplex. Uh, Lamont says number one reason Texans lose. Sloic is distracted with all the potential interviews. I don't see that at all. I think that's way more of a distraction than anything going on with this little ownership legal suit. Like no one in the locker room cares. Well, they might care, but they're not going to let it distract them at all with what's going on with Cal and Carey. Slowick interviewing for jobs, potentially, he hadn't done it yet, but interviewing for jobs, potentially, that that to me is a much bigger distraction than anything that's going on with this little ownership family dispute.
3: And I think that neither one of them are going to play a factor in this game on Saturday. I, I think that the, you know he's been smart. He knows this is the, the super wild card weekend. He knows this is the time where he has to be hyper-focused on finishing the deal and doing what he was paid to do. Uh, I think he'll interview at the appropriate time. But I, I think he will be hyper-focused. I think everybody's going to be hyper-focused. I just don't think those are going to be distractions. Uh, um, you know, As for Total Dallas, uh, I mean, next thing he's going to tell us is I think that the key to the game is whoever scores more points wins.
2: Yep, there you go. That, that would be analysis that I would uh, expect from the Metroplex as well.
3: I've also dealt with that in my previous job.
2: Oh, there's reference number one to Rockets. 713 780 ESPN. Can't reference HRP Rockets more now? Is that these are the, the, the Joel rules? <laughs> no, it's just more blankers bingo, the things you say often. 4321, mm. reason they win, they shut down Cooper and cut down on penalties. The reason they lose, Kareem Jackson in 78, get called for a couple of big penalties. I don't think we see a whole lot of Kareem. Kareem hasn't been playing a whole lot. Like DeAndre Houston Carson has been still. Uh, the the top safety next to Petrie. Now, it does look like Kareem is above Amos in the depth chart, but he's not ahead of uh, DHC. At least he hadn't been. Uh, I'm curious if it looks any different tomorrow.
3: I, You know, we, you and I talked about this a couple weeks ago, and I thought that they were going to k- kind of gradually get him more and more snaps. I could see him playing more, but I definitely think it's going to be like a, a tag team thing. And, and, yeah, Amos is the guy I think is the odd man out.
2: 713-780-ESPN, HRMP listener line, 713-780-3776. Amy Adams-Strunk, she's uh, Bud Adams' daughter, the owner of the Tennessee Titans. I I think she's so obsessed with Houston that they make a play at Bobby Slowick. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5.
0: You're back where you belong in the Veritex Community Bank studios with the killer bees who won't sting you unless provoked. Here's Joel and Jeremy.
2: Uh, he's blank on Branham. Joe George is hosting a post game show tomorrow. Uh, Texans back in the playoffs, and this Saturday we'll have an ESPN 97.5 Texans post game show after the Texans playoff game. Done, dude. No matter how much time is left in the game, we'll get the show started at six thirty. Win or lose, tune into ESPN ninety seven five Twitch slash ESPN ninety seven five for our instant reaction. Uh, Connor and Joe hosting the show, correct? And then uh, you're getting all sorts of ESPN ninety seven five personalities to work for free on the weekend. Yeah, whoever wants to call in or or show up is more than welcome. They all know that. Okay, very good, very good. Uh, I will be. Uh, I'll tune in. How about that? I'll tune in for how long? Y'all going? Uh, tentatively until 9 o'clock. Okay, so I'll have plenty of time to listen. Okay. Maybe till 10. We'll see how it goes. Okay, so you're going to call it quits early if you want. Is what I, is what I hear. I think if they lose, we might call it quits early. Fair enough. Uh, 8693, those interviews won't have the same vibe if he calls a grappy, uh, crappy game tomorrow. So, of course, he's locked in no matter what. That's a fair point. Counterpoint from 3501 was D'Amico hyper-focused last year when he lost to the Eagles. Was Kevin Sumlin hyper-focused when he choked away a top-four top finish because he was interviewing for A&M? It's a good point. It's a good point. I would say that NFL coordinator interviews, and I don't think Sloick started the interviews. Like, I don't, think, he I don't think so either, technically or legally. So it's a little different than the Sumlin thing. Now, D'Amico might be a fair point. That could be a fair point because that was far enough along where he was probably already talking to some teams. But that's why I said I think
3: that it's nice to be wanted, and he, there's going to be a time for it. But he also knows that you know one of the one of the ways that maybe he even gets more uh, of a look wherever he's interviewing is if he does his job correctly this week, and he's got to be focused on that. I just don't think it's going to be a distraction. Now maybe later on, like if you get to a point where there's a you, you had a, where teams get a buy, or that's when they normally interview, or you know if. Everything would line up correctly, and you'd be between the conference championship and the Super Bowl, and interviews go on there, and then it could be a distraction. I just don't think it's a distraction right now.
2: Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN HRMP listener line. Ocho. Uh, the reason for the Texans' win is they should have the advantage in special teams, since for the second consecutive season, the Houston Texans finished with the NFL's best special uh, special teams. Uh, the reason they lose is because they are at a huge disadvantage in the trenches on both sides of the ball. Uh, I disagree on that the, that part. Um, I would say that they are at a disadvantage. I would give the Browns the edge defensive line versus the Texans offensive line, but I would also give the Texans defensive line an edge over the Browns offensive line.
3: Yeah, I would agree with that. What'd you say yesterday? They've gone through like two two three three, two three, or tackles, three tackles left lost for the tackles year. Tackles already. Yeah. So, yeah. and look, I don't think this is your 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 relative's favorite Texans offensive line of the past. I think this offensive line has proven, even though they've been dinged up all year, more times than not, they've been able to kind of bend, not break. They've been able to hold their own. Yes, yeah, CJ's taken a couple of shots, but it's been way better than it started out in the first two weeks when you had eleven gave up 11 sacks and looked like you were just nothing but a sieve and you was going to be a disaster all year. I think they'll find a way to give him the time. I think with slow at calling the plays and with CJ doing what he's been doing, he's going to get the ball out of his hands quickly and, and, and having a, a, a more... Uh, trusting complement of receivers to choose from, too, along with Schultz. I'm not as concerned about the offensive line as I have been from time to time during the season, and I feel like they're going to they're gonna hold up all right against the, the, a tough defensive front.
2: Yeah, uh, I'm right there with you. Now, speaking of Bobby Slowik, speaking of the interest he's had around the league, several uh, teams have requested interviews for Bobby Slowik. Slowik was asked about this whenever he met with the media the other day, and here was Slowik's response it's really easy to handle right now. Um, You know, we're locked in on, on Cleveland, you know, we're full speed ahead, kind of keeping our head down in the dark. That's, you know, all that stuff.
1: I'm very grateful. You know, I'm thankful to grateful. You know, I'm thankful to the Lord for giving me this opportunity. I'm thankful to, to Nick and D'Amico and the Texans organization
2: for putting me in this position. Um, but you know, right now I'm a Houston Texan. I'm part of this organization. I'm going to do everything I can, to help us win Cleveland, and like everyone's energy right now uh, in this organization is devoted to how do we play one more game? There how do go. we keep There's just Bobby playing? Slowly. It's I mean it's about how you guessed he would answer it. Like <laughs> even if he was even if he knew he was leaving, he's saying that all oh, my attention is on the Browns. So he gave the stock answer. Like I saw some people overreacted. That sounds like a man that's here next year. Come on! Like if he gets off, I actually would he...
3: argue it sounds the exact opposite. Oh he really? Says, Why's uh, that? Just for that one little bit where he says, "Right now, I'm a Houston Texan." It just it uh... caught me funny where he goes, "You know, right now, I'm a Houston Texan," <laughs> and that's I'm like, huh. oh. Really, okay. that's a good
2: catch. That's a good point. Yeah, because I, I, I like coaches lie through their teeth. Like, if he had a twenty million year, and he doesn't, but if he had a twenty million dollar deal with Tennessee, he's he's on the first plane out of here. You know what I mean? Yep. But he would still give that same answer. So, speaking of Tennessee, speaking of Slowick, uh, I do think that there's a connection. We know that there's a connection with Ron Carthon. Now, we don't know the relationship between Carthon and Slowick. How could we? But we know that they were in San Francisco uh, together at a time. Now, Washington. Hired their general manager Adam Peters today. There is ties there Peters and San Fran, Slowick and San Fran. Reports are they're going to make the full court press on Ben Johnson, though. So that would be good if you want Slowick here next year. But I would say Slowick would probably be the second choice for Adam Peters, just completely guessing. So Washington and Tennessee are the ones that I'm watching closely. Uh, they're the only ones that I really think Slowick has a chance. Maybe if the Chargers get like Super cheap, and they, they don't hit on their like top three. I could be slow. I could see Slowick being like the fourth option, or that's really it. Unless Carolina Atlanta? just throws Slowick away with money, I really don't. Eh, maybe so. Maybe maybe I'm not putting enough stock in that. You could be right there, yeah. but I think but Washington and Tennessee are, are clearly the top two no teams doubt. for me. You agree with that? Yeah, I
3: totally agree with that. And, and because of what you mentioned, I mean, look when you've got look the, the Carthon and, and Slowick were in the Niners organization the exact same time the exact same amount of time in totality. So, you got to believe they know they're they're very familiar with each other whether they were best buds or not. They know each other. You, you know that you've got connections to San Francisco and to Sloak in both cases and you've got guys that are looking to kind of change the narrative and you I think part of the reason why they got their jobs was because of the fact that they they they're very in tune with the the newfangled NFL and the way the West Coast offense in San Francisco has done things cuz they've had so much success across the board both in the front office and with the way they've done things on the football field. And if you could take that another step and take a guy that comes from San Francisco roots, it's kind of like when the Texans went overboard on the whole Patriot South. Yeah. But but this has been more successful. So if you look at it and say, no one's going to bat an eye or be pissed off at you, if the guy that you're looking at is a guy that came out of the Niners system the same way you did, and you guys had all that success when you were there... A lot of people are going to say, good, let's do what they've done because you could do a lot worse.
2: Yeah, 8693 says uh, Miko's resume was already top tier before that game versus Philly. Bobby's still proving himself. And while I agree with that, I agree with what you said, 8693. I do get the feel that the Texans fan base kind of diminishes Slowick's resume because they want him here another year. Because, like, look what you just said. Like, yep. Bobby Slowick comes from the Shanahan tree, which is the hottest tree in the NFL. It's the hottest offensive scheme in the NFL. He's literally calling plays right now. Whatever other, what other coordinator in the NFL that is calling plays is attainable for these teams. To me, it's Slowick. I think it's clear in a way, Bobby Slowick. And on top of that, we all think that CJ Stroud is 99.9% the reason for the offensive success. But other teams around the league, especially a team like Tennessee who has a young quarterback, oh, this is the guy that helped guide the rookie quarterback to the best rookie quarterback performance this century? Yeah, if you're Tennessee, why wouldn't you want that for Will Levis? But I – go ahead. No, I was going to say, you're right. From a
3: fan's perspective, it's natural for them. They should be – instead of just kind of not kind of poo-pooing it and saying it's not him, it's CJ, from a Texans fan perspective, they should say if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Let him keep going. Give c j less to worry about in the off season and and not have to worry about a new coordinator and possibly a different playbook and let him keep cooking instead of taking any kind of extra yeah. time and, and and half step back to try and Re recalibrate and get used to another playbook and another system and another coach. Mm-hmm. That that would be my first line of thinking.
2: I don't think they would do that. I think that they would they would try to find somebody that had the same scheme, same language. Because I I think that they would try to you know keep things uh, suitable and optimal for C J Stroud. Uh, but even even if C J Stroud was one hundred percent the the reason for the Texans' offensive success, and none of it was Bobby Slowick. I still don't want change. Like oh, I, don't I, I personally don't want change, but I do think that there's a better than 50-50 shot that he's gone. The second the second thing that I think is in play with Tennessee is the owner, Amy no Adams Strunk. Bud Adams, of course, moved the Oilers to Tennessee, and Amy Adams has really had an obsession with Houston for a while now. Let's not forget she hired Mike Vrabel, who came from the, the Houston Texans. He was the defensive coordinator. Not a very good one, I might add, in his only year calling defensive plays. Uh I don't really want to put a whole lot of stock in all the players they brought to Tennessee, but you look at the like the lineage of players that they brought from Houston to Tennessee, like DeAndre Hopkins currently. Uh, there's tons of other like fringe players they brought in. I don't really think that's because she had an obsession to Houston to think that was more coincidental. But then look at the Love You Blue uniforms this year and how they wore them to troll the Texans. Look what happened when U of H wore the, the H-Town blue uniforms, the, the first college football game of the year, and they sent them a cease and desist Amy Adam Strunk is so obsessed with Houston that I think in the back of her mind she's more intrigued to Bobby Slowick because he's with Houston than he, than if Bobby Slowick was with the you know Cleveland Browns.
3: She she plays petty. We know that, and just the uniform crap alone you know that she plays petty and you know that there is a a long-standing bitterness against the city of Houston and and she wants the double whammy. She wants to take the offensive coordinator from Houston while getting a young offensive mind that looks like he is part of that new wave of Shanahan tree type guys that can really lead this league forward. And, And I think that there's no doubt in my mind that that plays into this. There's no doubt in my mind that she would love that little extra kind of wink-wink, kick in the shorts to Houston while getting a coach that she thinks could take their young quarterback and try to do the things he was able to do with CJ. So I, I think you're absolutely right. We said it yesterday when we did our little kind of predictions on, on how the organization's thinking what they're going to do. No matter what Carthon wants to do, if she she's going to have a loud voice in the room, and if that's the way she wants to go, I fully believe that's the way they're going to push to go
2: 64-34, Such a Titans thing to take our colors and our OC nine seven eight zero. If Sloick leaves, what do the Texans do at OC next year?
3: I I think I know he's your boy. I just don't know if Johnson's ready to go from quarterbacks coach to OC. I, I think he'll he'll get it. He'll get the interview. He'll have every chance to try and prove that it's his. But I think they'll. I think there's other guys coming out of the Shanahan tree that maybe D'Amico might look at as well. I, Johnson's going to get the first crack at it because, to your point, if you just want to keep it the way it's been going and keep CJ in the same system with the same terminology, that would be the way to do it.
2: Yeah, I w- I hope Mike McDaniel gets hammered uh, this week in Kansas City, and the Dolphins fire him, and then D'Amico can hire an old friend in Mike McDaniel, and he can be the offensive coordinator. Okay, that's not realistic. That, yeah. uh, I I love Gerard Johnson. I think he's going to be a superstar head coach. He's he's had one year with the Shanahan offense, so like that that gives me a little bit of hesitation there. The name I find interesting is Clint Kubiak. He's currently mm-hmm. the passing game coordinator in San Francisco. He, he's he been there for a while. Let's not forget the Shanahan scheme was a, a disciple of the Kubiak scheme. Like, there's a lot of the same right. principles of Kubiak and Shanahan. So, Clint Kubiak would probably be very high on, on my list. In fact, yeah. I would say that he'd be my favorite. Can I ask Slough you guys something? I feel like it's him or
1: Greasy, honestly.
2: Yeah, Greasy, I don't... I don't know as much like Greasy's, he's only been with that scheme for what this is his second year Yeah I mean yeah.
1: it's it's been less like for sure and but Kubiak, you Kubiak
2: just... like Kubiak
1: was raised
2: under yeah, the Kubiak
3: I, offense I, I like the Kubiak call but I think that in looking at how he could look I was going to ask you guys because you no know, most times you can't leave you don't leave a team for another job unless it's a promotion but if Smith leaves Miami under McDaniel mm-hmm. uh, and he comes here because he can play call yeah. is that enough of a, of a of an added promotion that he could leave
2: Uh, I don't know if Miami would, but I would absolutely say it's a promotion. I would too. An offensive coordinator versus an offensive coordinator calling plays is 100% more significant and a bigger deal. But Miami might say differently. Uh, 713-780-ESPN-HRMP, listener line, 713-780-3776. Let's rank the 14 playoff teams. 14 teams in the NFL playoffs. We all ranked them. We'll tell you who he thinks the best, who he thinks the worst, and everything in between. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. two five. <laughs>
0: Back to the Killer Bees on ESPN 975. The show name is a reference to how many great Astros last name begin with the letter B, who were playing back in the 90s when they were not winning World Series. Bagwell, Biggio, Barry, Bell, and eventually Berkman. You might not remember Barry and Bell, but trust me, you'll remember Blank and Brenham. Here they are now, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios.
2: Brandon T., I just got offered a free ticket to the game tomorrow to go with two friends. I'm not as young as I once was. None of us are. I uh, enjoy watching the game in front of a TV more, adou- uh, more nowadays. I've been to many Texans game before. Should I go? What do you think, Blankers? Should Brandon T. go to the Texans game tomorrow?
3: Free ticket to an NFL playoff game. I don't know if it's free or not, but a chance to go to an NFL playoff game when you haven't... Yeah, he said free. Okay, and you haven't sniffed a playoff game in the city in a good period of time. I think he should go.
2: Yeah, I think he should go too. Uh, I think that he should uh, he should be there. You should
1: go, but you should if it's a free ticket, you got to buy the first round of beer. Well, no oh. doubt. Yeah, just making sure. That, just that, make sure we're no really on the same page. Yeah, that's absolute.
2: Yeah, I mean, just make, make sure it, that doesn't even need to be said, Joe. Well, maybe it does. Beer's expensive, uh, right? But I don't think it. Needs Two to be rounds said, of beer right. might be more so expensive than the tickets.
3: tickets you're getting for free. Make yeah. it happen.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's one round of beer. It's one round of beer, though. That's you. You give the. It's the first round. And if you make it around, if you're going with three different, if you're going with three friends, if it makes it around to a fourth round, which it should, then you pick up the fourth round too. Fair. But you start with the first. All right. So Killer Bees. This I don't know how you, I I love that the fact how you labeled this uh, this graphic. Yeah, you, you labeled it the the Killer B's Super Bowl contenders. I was going based on like power rankings, who I think think's the hottest team now. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't. I didn't go Super Bowl contenders here. Did you know that, Blankers? I did not. Yeah, I Joe's just I just ranked like again. the power
3: of the overall product where they sit currently.
2: Let, well, look at look at Joe continue to to mislead bad. the jury to fix the election to fix the vote to skew things in his favor. Uh, unbelievable, but anyways, uh, our top fourteen teams, Blankers and I went power rankings. Did you go Super Bowl contenders? Yep, Joe. I just did it wrong. Okay, all right. So one one of the three of us kind of screwed this whole thing up. Uh, but number 14, the Steelers, even though I think they have a chance to win. <laughs> I I'll tell you they why they have a chance to win on to win. Sunday. The weather. Uh, the, yeah, I know. I know. Like, it's it's going to be nuts. It's the ultimate neutralizer. Like I think that game's going to be competitive because of the weather. I, did I'm, you see the shots of Buffalo today in the stadium? Did you see the wind awesome. forecast? 65 miles. Are they passing the football? 65, 65 mile an hour, hour? winds tomorrow or whenever how, they play? How cold is it supposed to Because it's supposed to get like negative 30 wind advisory in Kansas, Kansas
3: City. Kansas City, right. Yeah, I didn't what see did the actual Buffalo? temperature. I just know if it's snow and 65 mile an hour winds. That, ain't, that doesn't
1: scream <laughs> passing football. Well, the, uh, to watch that. the Bills are currently uh, tweeting out uh, how you can help us. With shoveling snow on oh, their official Twitter account, <laughs> I got that from
3: Green Bay.
2: Green oh, Bay somehow
3: man. get gets away with murder, getting residents of Green Bay with their shovels. Yeah, well, but they're all owners, of they're the owners team. Yeah. yeah. they're all okay, owners. Yeah, okay. You know how far? they what, are how big of a farce that ownership is.
1: So they still have a certificate. That's what it should
2: say. It should be: You are an owner of the team. You are obligated to shovel snow. that's what you get. 14's the Steelers, which, I mean, no one's going to have any fight there. We all had them at 14. Number 13, we all had the Buccaneers at 13, so they're 13th. We all had the Packers at 12. So the Packers are number 12. Now, based on these power rankings, the next team, maybe a tell of how we feel about the Texans game tomorrow. The number 11 team in our power rankings are the Cleveland Browns. Now, I had the Browns eighth. Joel and Joe had them 11th. Mm-hmm. The team above them, the Houston Texans at number 10. I had Texans nine. Joel and Joe had the Texans at, at number 10 as well. Is that a sign of how we feel? We all had, well, you two had the Texans ahead of the Browns. Is that a sign of how y'all feel tomorrow?
0: Yes.
3: I feel good about the Texans. I really do. I think it's going to be a different game. I think having CJ makes it even more so uh, easy for me to feel way better and them getting healthy. But yeah, I think it's a, it's a clear cut indication on my part that it's going to be a t- it's probably going to be a tight game. But I, I think the Texans at home uh, are, are going to find a way to squeak this one out.
2: See, I did it more based on recent resume because I actually think the Texans are going to win tomorrow too. But the Browns finished the season stronger than the Texans did, even though I know they lost Week 18. But they set all their starters, so that's the reason I had the Browns ahead of the Texans. But still, think the Browns or, or the Texans will win. Number nine, we had the Dolphins. Blankers thought the best of the Dolphins. He had him at number six. I thought the worst of the Dolphins. I had him at number eleven. Joe was kind of in the middle at number eight. I don't like the way they've limped to the finish. Like, I, yeah, I was going to ask
3: you—is it, is it that the limp to the finishers? Is it the that. weather report?
2: Well, it, no, no. It, this had nothing. I don't think I like calculated weather in this at all. Like this is how I feel about these teams entering the playoffs, their momentum, like what is left of their team. And I feel like the Dolphins' momentum has been poor. It's been bad, and they're incredibly banged up. In part because Mike McDaniel know when to pull his players i don't like the way that the dolphins are, have finished the season at all
3: I, I was thinking more along the lines of if they find a way and i know it's going to be hyper difficult especially a team from south florida going into kansas city with that weather report well,
2: i don't think all their players are from south florida
3: no but i i still think it's been i don't think that there's going to be a ton of experience in that offense the way that they want to execute things with speed is going to have an easy if they're going to have a real difficult time trying to execute that in that kind of weather but I think if there's a way for them to escape Kansas City with a win, they are as they're a really hyper dangerous team. And
2: now the, I think their run game might be better than Kansas City, and mm. and their best offensive player played in Kansas City.
3: He did, but you know I don't know how many times Tua's played in the snow. I don't know you know a chain and, and 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 their running game. You know, I don't know how many times they played in those kind of. I would imagine A
2: chain has played there a yeah, whole lot. Yeah, I, I like really Pacheco. In Pacheco college, is one of those
3: pounded out grinders. I, I think that he's a guy that's gonna you know fight for every extra yard, and that works between the tackles, especially in bad weather. Yeah, I, that I like that. I know that Kansas City obviously has a lot of experience playing in that weather too, and and look, that is a home field advantage in Kansas City, regardless. But it, I, I was he gets just,
2: tickets for thirty five dollars right now.
3: I, that's kind of surprising to me, but I think that says more about the fact that a lot of people don't believe in their receivers.
2: But well, I think it has everything to say about the weather, and no one wants to sit in negative thirty wind chill.
3: True, too. But I, I think that if Miami finds a way to 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 get out of Kansas City with a win, I think they're dangerous as anybody in the AFC.
2: Yeah, I think Kansas City wins tomorrow because they're better, not because the weather is going to be poor. Uh, number eight's the Rams. We had the Rams at number eight. I had the I had them the lowest at ten, and Joe had them at number six. We'll talk about that game later. Number seven is Philly. Blankers and I had Philly at seven. Joe had him at number nine. I, I don't like the way that Philly's getting in, into the playoffs either. I kind of probably shouldn't have had him as high as number seven. This A.J. Brown stuff is silly. He's not practicing, yeah. which I don't know how severe his knee injury is. I have no idea. But then he scrubbed his social media of every piece of Eagle content.
1: A.J. Brown, future he's, Texan. He's got to go. No,
2: absolutely not. I do not want A.J. Brown anywhere near the Houston Texans. If this is the kind of distraction you are going into the playoffs, that dude can stay as far away from this Houston is, as can be. This is
3: our Grenard conversation of yesterday, but For in a different 100. way. Yeah, in a different way. This is, as much as you've rebuilt culture As much as you've tried to do all the things to get the the culture and the locker room and everybody on board buying in, this is the guy you don't need. This is such a bad sign. This has been going on all year long. And let's not forget how hot of a start that team got off to. And then all of a sudden he started bitching about Jalen Hurts and bitching about getting the football. And this is just the latest in his escapades. He's got to go,
2: man. I agree. That's bad. Keep him. I don't. I. I don't want him in Houston. Uh, number six, Detroit. I thought the best of Detroit at four. Blankers has him at nine. Joe at seven. Number five for us were the Bills. Uh, Joe and I had him at. I thought the worst of them. I have him at six. Joe has him at five. Blankers thought the most of them at three. We have the Cowboys at four. Uh, I have them at five. Joel and uh, Joe have them at four. Kansas City at number three. Totally resume there. Uh, I had them at three. Joe had them at three. Blankers had them at five. San Francisco at number two. We were unanimous there. Baltimore at one. We were unanimous there. Where did we go wrong? Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. What? What? Uh, anything surprised you when you saw this, Blanks, Joe.
3: Um. Joe, you got something that sticks out to you? I, uh,
2: honestly, I thought there was a chance the Texans might be higher in the list. Top ten.
1: I know, but like, there's only fourteen. So it's not like it's the top 10 out of 32 here.
2: Who would you have them ahead of? Like, you had them 10th.
1: No, I know. I just, I thought, honestly, I thought I was going to be lower than you guys. Because I made sure I did my list before I saw yours, so it wasn't, like, manipulated. But I thought there was a chance the Texans would be higher based on I think the
2: most of the Texans based on this list, which is consistent with our show. Yeah. The game we played the other day.
3: I I think that the thing that stands out to me is is that Joe and I both think that the Rams are going to beat the Lions, and that you think that. The Lions that you have met four that they're capable of going a long way. Uh, I just think well,
2: actually, I think they're going <laughs> to lose to, to, oh, to do LA. I, yeah. just, I, I feel like they're playing well, but I think the Rams are going to knock them off.
3: I think the Rams are, are really, they, they've gotten hot. They've got a lot of you know young guys that are contributing, but w- with Stafford's healthy and he's got a passing game and he's going into that building with a little extra juice, uh, I, I like that a McVeigh schemed offense with all those weapons has a chance to come out of Detroit with a W.
2: Seven one three seven eight zero espn where do we go wrong on the list? Also, let's look at the uh, six playoff games in Super Wild Card Weekend. BZ Money, we hand out some winners next on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5.